Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I have a guest today, uh, Nick Spanos. He's been around in the crypto world for quite a long time. He started the uh, New York Bitcoin Center, I believe, back in 2013. Uh, He's very influential in the crypto world. I've seen a few documentaries on Bitcoin uh, where he was in them. And uh, it's pretty cool to talk to you today. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you? Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's let's tell listeners... uh, Tell me a little bit of your history in the Bitcoin world, how you got into it, and then we'll lead up to today, what you're working on. Uh, well, you know, I've been in computers uh, since 1978, and uh, which means back then you couldn't really buy a computer. You had to build one from scratch, not like you build mm-hmm. one now with the components already built. You know, we used solder and iron. So I had a computer. So I've been in computers ever since. I sold the political campaign management software that I wrote, and, uh, 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 video store rental software that I wrote and uh, tried to make money, you know, with the computer. And then, uh, you know, I've had many different lives. And I went into, you know, politics a little, meaning managing the campaigns, phone bank and stuff. And I got involved uh, with the internet. When the internet came first came out, I bought uh, 12,000 domain names. Wow. And everyone thought I was crazy hmm. because they didn't even know what the internet was. They didn't know what an ad, ad symbol was. They didn't know, you know. Oh, you got one of those? So pretty mm. much I'm uh, pretty early. And uh, then I built uh, GetAroom.com, No More Hotels. And uh, I was like, uh, was Airbnb? 
but that was before the smartphone, so it wasn't that popular. And we had some payment uh, things on there. It was very difficult to get the money from people. So we started building that in uh, 95, and uh, it was very difficult to actually get paid because everyone had different uh, uh, payment ways, you know, around the world. So, yeah. you, you know, send the wire and stuff like that. So payments were always on, on the mind. And, um, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. And we used to get screwed a lot, you know, with the payments. And uh, mm-hmm. we always tried different payment methods, whatever we could find. Always. So this is in the 90s, you know, we're looking for different payment methods. And uh, I'm a libertarian. And uh, right. uh, we're into cryptography and stuff like that. So, so you know, what's interesting is um, it seems like you're, uh, you know, you're into things that most people say, what are you talking about? What is that? You know, and you, you're into a lot of stuff really early on. How is it that um, you could be interested in things like Bitcoin and, uh, you know, work on ideas when it, when things are so early and everyone else around you tells you, what what is that? What are you talking about? You know, it's, it takes like a, yeah. a resolve to be able to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, the, um, maybe I don't listen to people. <laughs> it's a good thing, you know. Uh, sometimes, right? You know, my efforts—not just my words—were in these areas because I see the truth in them. I, I really didn't. I never really uh, believed anything. For me to believe, so I think my convincer strategy for me to believe something is very uh, intricate. You know, I need to see it, feel yeah. it, integrate with it. It has to be real, logically. You know. So right. uh, that's why I gravitated to the things I did because they, I felt them, they, they were, uh, you know, I integrated with them. They felt right. They looked right. You know, okay. I heard all the right things and uh, it would, became a truth to me. It's very difficult for something to become a truth for me unless I'm uh, highly integrated in it. So uh, if I think something uh, is going to be, see, we're here on the New York City street and the police officer. New York's finest just walked by. And uh, so it's a very, in, uh, you know, so that's uh, how I get involved with things. I don't really listen to the news. As a matter of fact, you know, I turned my TV off a long time ago. Maybe if I had turned my TV on, I'd be into what everyone else is into. Right, yeah. So how did you get into uh, Bitcoin? When did the idea first hit you? And, uh, you know, what, what was your reaction to it when you first heard about it? Well, you know, we were in uh, uh, trying to utilize... Uh, Big goals, anything that we could to uh, have seamless, uh, you know, uh, transactions uh, mm. over the internet. It was very difficult to have seamless transactions over the internet because the internet is not, you know, there's jurisdictions uh, everywhere, but the internet is one place. You know, it's one place, and people live in another New York's finest walks by. There's one, uh, <laughs> there's one uh, place, the internet. So if the internet was a, a country, you know, it'd be good, right. but it's not. So we have these old uh, things with borders called countries, which we could fly from one to the other with no problem and uh, interact over the internet seamlessly on your phone all day. And it's very difficult with all these multitudes of jurisdictions to stay compliant and uh because you don't know you know you you know maybe you do something here it's illegal there you say something here it's illegal there you can't go you know preach christianity in some country they'll throw you in jail you know so the internet has uh woven a new existence for everybody and uh uh, the government's uh you know very uh, long to catch up for uh, right everything to catch up. So Bitcoin, uh, 
um, showed up. You know, the blockchain showed up. We tried Mind Cash in uh, 04. I remember in, uh, there was some, uh, one of my partners was in the payments for, I don't remember. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so when the blockchain okay. showed up, uh, it was very um, transformative. Like before that, because what happened was it took it took uh, a currency. If someone wanted competing currency, my friend had uh, made a coins, gold coins. Uh, other friend, you know, so we we're all trying to make these currencies uh, work. Uh, but the one problem was there was always roots to the three-dimensional world that everyone else lived in. The three-dimensional world is uh, not uh, conducive to uh, – the Internet is not in a three-dimensional world. The Internet uh, would be like in a cyber world. So in a three-dimensional world, if you have a, a building full of gold and you're saying that your cryptocurrency is pegged to this gold that's in this building, you know, the authorities or someone can come and take the gold, right? Uh, Bitcoin, over and above any other of the cryptocurrencies that are out there today also, uh, have are centralized in ways uh, that Bitcoin is not because no one uh, knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is, who's the creator of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and uh, or who they are. And uh, it lives uh, decentralized on many computers across the world. So uh, it can't be stopped. So they can uh, try to regulate it, but now they're realizing that uh, trying to regulate it is, uh, is a feeble attempt and shows their impotence by saying they're trying to regulate it and it just keeps coming back. <laughs> so, so it has maybe. something to do with three-dimensional space and uh, cyberspace. So Bitcoin is only in cyberspace. It's not in the three-dimensional space. So it cannot really right. be regulated. So when I, when I read the paper and uh, come to that conclusion, I was all in. Mm-hmm. Because in the cool. past, you know, Von Nuthouse uh, is a guy, you know, name's funny, but he's he made like the Ron Paul coin. You know, I ended up uh, running all. I was a director of data and uh, computing and uh, phone banking and everything for Ron Paul. I don't know if you know that. And, oh, uh, cool. uh, so many of us went on into Bitcoin because Ron Paul got us ready to understand right. that the need, there's a need for competing currencies. If you want to be a free world, a free nation, a free person, a sovereign person, you have to have control over your stored work. So your store yeah. of work is you know you work all day and someone gives you these green pieces of paper but uh they can print a lot more of them whenever they want so how right. how much are you storing you know you don't really have control over the piece of paper that are being printed how many more are being printed and how much less value you have and buying capability of those pieces of paper so right. uh that's <laughs> so Bron paul got us ready we've always been working Toward something like that, but Ron Paul got us really ready and the world ready, I believe, to accept something like this. And when I saw that there is no central authority uh, and it doesn't live in the 3D world at all, cannot be regulated or confiscated or influenced, then I was all in. That's how it happened. Did you, um, <laughs> did you ever, since you were in early, did you ever uh, interact with Satoshi by email or anything? Uh, I don't want to say. Oh, okay. So what um when you started the uh, the Bitcoin Center in New York, what was that like? And tell me a little bit about it. I know it you know ended up having to be shut down, but uh, tell me about that experience. Well, you know, um, so it was uh, 2013. The newspapers uh, only spoke bad about Bitcoin, and the last time they spoke bad about it, uh, I think it went from you know, there was like a little mini crash in the spring, and uh, uh, the news because the reporters don't didn't understand Bitcoin, they only thought. You know, they could only write about what they knew. So they said, oh, it's a currency, and they're using it for uh, illicit uses. 
Hmm. You know, they didn't know it's the first trust network, decentralized, uh, commoditized trust uh, that exists in the world. They didn't understand that. They only understood right. the bad things. That's all their brains really understood. I don't think it was a conspiracy at that time because uh, it was never a threat to anybody, really. So I just think yeah. it was just that the reporters didn't know what to write. So I got really angry, and I I, uh, I broke a bunch of furniture in my office, Good. and uh, I said, you know what? We're going down to uh, Wall Street, and we're going to open up the first Bitcoin exchange, and uh, we're going to take this out of the back alleys, and, uh, you know, the Starbucks, and then we're going to bring it right, right to Wall Street. So went down to Wall Street and found this big, huge space right next door to the stock exchange, which was for a lot more money than anyone understood, like 48000 something a month. Sure. And then, uh, and uh, you know, the salaries and all stuff, and the promotions, and the logos, and the people, and the you know, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I was selling Bitcoin at thirty dollars, Bitcoin to pay you know, like over a hundred thousand well, in rents and expenses, which probably comes out to three hundred million a month or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to do that math. So, yeah. so um, what happened was, what happened was. We did that. We opened up, and then uh, we became the center of the world. You know, everyone came, learned about Bitcoin. We invited all the reporters in. Regulators came in. Satoshi Square was there. People trading live with each other, peer to peer. We did not take a commission, and uh, I made sure of all that because uh, then we would have been breaking the law probably. So because so these guys came and uh, said trying to lock us down, close us down, saying right. that, uh, you know, there's an exchange. I said, no, it's not. I go to a meeting place, they paid rent because, you know, Satoshi Square paid rent for the night and uh, people met and traded and we made right. sure they paid rent because then, you know, that was their event. <laughs> okay. Because if we didn't pay rent, if they didn't pay rent, you know, it would have been our fault. We would have been facilitating an exchange. So, oh, so I had okay. three lawyers okay. over there, right? So I had three lawyers over there and uh, so when uh, the authorities came in, that's what we told them. And uh, that, you know, there's just a meeting. They, these guys are just meeting each other and doing what they do with each other. We're not doing right. it. You know, it probably kept us out of jail. Wow. Uh, it pissed it pissed them off. And uh, they made the bit license. I believe maybe they didn't make it. I wish they didn't make it. I hope they didn't make it because of us. But we did make bring Bitcoin to the forefront on Wall Street. And, and we had taught the stockbrokers and uh, yeah, the whole thing exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, hmm. uh, so we just did it because we're a bunch of activists, you know, Ron Paul activists, uh, libertarians, competing currency activists, and uh, was more activism than business. Should have been more business, but it was really more out of belief that Bitcoin's mm-hmm. going to save, you know, Bitcoin's going to uh, helps the world and helps the individual. Stay an individual. Yes, there's a volatility, of course, you right. know. But you know, it's immune. You can't change the number of Bitcoin. And people uh, are using it every day, and uh, uh, people trying to copy it and trying to copy its uh, immutability or its ability to store information without being able to change it. You know, it's the first trust network ever uh, uh, built in the world, and I'm uh, mm-hmm. very uh, proud to have helped it along its way. So what, uh, where, where's your head at with Bitcoin now, you know, in uh, 2018? Lately, it looks like, uh, you know, there was crazy hype in December, got up to almost 20 grand. You know, now the SEC has been stepping in with, with other tokens, ICOs and everything. It's been beaten down a bit. You know, banks are saying you can't use, uh, you know, debit credit cards for it. I mean, 
seems like they're trying to harness it with regulation. What's your opinion on what's going on now? Yeah, they're, try, they're going to try to harness it, but you can't outlaw prime numbers. You can't outlaw math. Uh, Bitcoin going to persevere. It's going to come back with a vengeance. Always does. I mean, it was $30. It crashed down to $0.50 cents at one time. You know, it was $1,148. It went down to $178. It always does this because there's big boom. It gets positive press. It gets big boom. People come in, they don't understand the technology, they buy it, and then they see it going down and they think it's like a stock, so they start selling it. They think it's like like a, like a, you know, like a bad stock, a stock going bad, but it's not like right. a stock at all because when a stock goes good, uh, they just print a lot more of them. They print uh, so many more stocks. So the, you can't do that with Bitcoin. There's a, a set amount of number of Bitcoin and people are transferring uh, wealth throughout the world. And uh, emerging markets are using Bitcoin, and uh, it's incredible. Bitcoin is uh, the people's declaration of monetary independence. And as someone, when someone realizes that, they just buy the Bitcoin, they don't sell it. Once they don't, and mm. once they realize that it's actually their freedom, the first tool they have to actually be free as an individual and understand what freedom is, and understand the chokehold that banks hold on them, and the regulators, and fake money, and paper paper money that has no uh, value whatsoever except for belief and that has no functionality except for to to throttle you uh at a bank you go try to deposit a bunch of money in the bank like, where did you get this money why is it they got to report yep. all yep. this stuff to everybody and all these crazy things have to happen so there are people from around the world more people aren't bankable in the world than are those people hmm. all they need you know, is a cell phone, an Android, $30 Android cell phone, and a whole village can have a whole banking institution. And it's called Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So all those people are coming online soon. As every day goes by, all those people are coming online. And uh, there's an inevitable, incredible future for Bitcoin and everyone who's involved, I believe. Okay. <clears throat> what about uh, patent trolls? You know, some of the large financial institutions now are, uh, seems like they're trying to patent various aspects of how crypto works. You think that's going to uh, going to hurt things? Well, uh, you know, we were afraid of that happening early on, and we got a couple patents. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, in this world, you know, everything's open source and uh, decentralized, so it's difficult for anyone to go after someone with a patent, right? But you can have a protective patent that makes sure that someone doesn't go after you for using it, right? Hmm. You can use okay. a patent for two different things. You can use a patent to protect the technology from patent trolls. Because if you don't put it up there with good intentions, someone with bad intentions will. Right. Okay. But they can't regulate it, really. So it's not really going to, you know, you can't hold back the ocean with a with your hand. Mm, exactly. Okay. So what what are you working on now? What's your latest uh, initiative and what's, you know, what's your passion right now? Yeah, we have, um, I believe that the next step in this evolution is smart contracts, right? I believe that real world data triggering financial events on the blockchain is the future. I believe when you walk through, you know, a supermarket with your stuff and you walk out of the supermarket, I believe that if you have an orange, all of a sudden the orange grower is going to get paid, the, the tractor trailer driver's a company is going to get paid to hold the oranges to the supermarket. The landlord is going to get paid. The t the manager might get a com uh, might get a bonus because he went over a certain amount. All these things are going to happen simultaneously. So uh, we uh, we're working as uh, Zap.org is our uh, project. It works on uh, uh, oracleizing you know real world data 
allowing real-world data to trigger financial events with the cryptocurrencies through smart contracts. I believe the whole world is going to evolve. We're going to go from the Flintstones to the Jetsons. And uh, it's going to happen pretty fast because everyone's, there's, you know, there's money involved. And uh, when there's money involved, everything happens very fast. And now that everyone's connected in this world uh, so closely, things happen very fast. And uh, new gizmos get adopted. And, you know, this uh, crypto economic uh, growing by leaps and bounds. And people are going to realize that they can trigger a financial event by walking down the street. They can trigger or a financial event can be triggered on uh, X, Y, and Z happening, and you can, um, you know, uh, bring in more people. People can trust the thing. Before, you'd have to go start a corporation. Get a, each person has a lawyer. Uh, everyone has all these meetings. They try to make a, time, a document, try to protect the document, try to get the document enforced. If the person doesn't pay you, you got to go to the courthouses. And all these things are going through your head just to do this simple task. So uh, this simple uh, uh, group of people doing uh, doing something together. So now through uh, you know through Zap, I believe we'll have that we'll have a lot of that uh, working seamlessly, and you don't have to go to all these different entities and pay these different people and maybe have it work or not. You know, maybe have your new organization uh, work out financially or not. Okay. That point. Yeah. So what's um. You know, last last couple of questions. What's your plan for 2018? What are you working on this year that you're really passionate about? And uh, any insight onto where you see things going in the near term future for crypto in general? Yeah, listen, the genie's out of the bottle, the cat's out of the bag, Pandora's box has been opened, and uh, whoever's not in is going to be out. I mean, that's the reality. I'm not telling you to mm-hmm. buy cryptocurrency. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying that you know, read about it, learn about it. Study it for a month, and then you tell me if it's a thing you should do or not. You know, study it. I'm not telling you to buy it now. I'm saying study it. Study it now. That's what I'm saying. And then uh, you'll know if it's time or not to jump in or not. Because uh, I believe there's a whole uh, uh, monetary revolution happening. Uh, that was like my first line in the Banking on Bitcoin, the Netflix movie, Banking on I Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there's a monetary revolution, and uh, uh, it's happening much faster than I thought. It's happening much faster than I thought back when I, when I registered the domain name cryptos.com. Oh, well, that says you're even more willing to, uh, you know, <laughs> step into the fray and do things that no one believes in. Because if you thought it wouldn't happen even this fast, yet you still did it. That's amazing, you know? Well, I, I, I built, uh, you know, the Airbnb, uh, getaroom.com, and then I built uh, Livery Cab, which was like an Uber, but no one had a smartphone. Uh, only a few people had a smartphone. And uh, I built FYI. Ah, that's another one. I want to talk about that one. But uh, I fell apart early. But that was a six degree of separation site in 96, which was before, you know, Facebook, but I don't know, a decade. And uh, so I'm always early. I'm always early. And when Bitcoin came around, I said, I also said, well, by opening the Bitcoin Center, I'm going to bring everyone up to speed. That's my new thing. I got to bring up everyone around me. <laughs> Sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm just, I don't want to be the crazy man. You know, what's that? T- the bird saying that the sky's falling and then it right. falls. Yeah. Or I don't Picking know. Little. I don't want to be the guy. Huh? Picking little saying the sky's falling, but, right? And then it fell. Didn't it fall in the story? Oh, no. I don't know. I don't want to be the no, guy yeah. that always says everything early and then no one believes me till 10 years <laughs> later you know which gotcha. always happens yeah. so i just uh, you know, i, I told to, you so guy right yeah i had to accelerate the process by building the bitcoin <laughs> center and uh spending all my money 
That's all right. Are you, are you more of a Bitcoin maximalist, or you you like all the other tokens that are out there, Ethereum, et cetera, that you think may have roles in the in the ecosystem? Listen, I was a maximalist. You know, even I was a maximalist when uh, when Vitalik was pitching me Ethereum years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a maximalist, and then now I just uh, have come to the conclusion that everything with a blockchain is Bitcoin. Everything with a blockchain is Bitcoin. Hmm. So it makes me feel better, and uh, it's true, and it's true. You know, Bitcoin is not just the currency Bitcoin. It's the whole technology. It's the whole uh, cryptocurrency revolution. It's uh, the the fix for the Byzantine generals problem. It's the reality of what's coming. I, uh, you know, I had, do I believe in the ICOs? I believe that in the past you had Ben Franklin was a printer. And he printed currencies. He printed currencies for all types of places. Every bank had its own currency because each one was a receipt for gold. Every, not every, but major, many major department stores, many department stores had their own currency back then. And uh, Ben Franklin printed them. You know, so uh, I believe that the technology exists today to make something that's uh, non-counterfeitable, immutable, and. Uh, that was the big problem. So before you needed a whole government to enforce it with guns that, oh, you're printing, making fake money. We got to stop you. You don't need to do that anymore. We're using cryptography and mathematics to do that. And uh, uh, I believe that, yeah, sure, maybe every single uh, store will have its own token. Every person might have their own token. And uh, that's the new economy that we're in. What does that mean? Does uh, that mean, oh, do I buy the next ICO? I don't know. If you think it's going to work, you know, if you think the, that the crew isn't there, like a bunch of these uh, crowdfunders jump from crowdfunding to, I do that in for color. You like that? Yeah, I like it. The guy's a jerk. He came around and beat before, same guy. That's the reality, that there's going to be a lot of currencies, my friend. Your podcast right. can have a currency. Because of the of blockchains and interoperability, all these currencies you think could exist, and we don't we don't just have to settle on one. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying there's going to be many that exist, and uh, then there's going to be things that uh, there are going to be applications, decentralized applications that are going to allow you to use your currency, and how much people want your currency to trade with other currencies, and it's going to be seamless. And uh, when your stock goes up, in the past people say, "Hey, your stock went up with me." It's going to be the truth. Okay, gotcha. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, Nick, so, uh, you know, last That's question, uh, if you want, I mean, how can people, you know, get in touch with you or find you on the web? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm uh, I'm at, uh, my Twitter's at Nick Spanos. My email is nick at blocktech.com, blocktech.com. Bitcoin Center NYC, nick at Bitcoin Center NYC. Oh, zap, nick at zap.org. So our project zap, you can go to zap.org and look at it. There's a token involved. You know, if you're an American, I'm not asking you to buy it. I'm not asking you to do that because I don't think you're allowed. I don't know. I mean, I do know. I'm not allowed to say, I'm not allowed to tell you to buy anything. And I wouldn't, I don't like to because people ask you, you know, buy something. Maybe they buy it at the wrong time. They sell it at the wrong time. And the thing went up or it went down or went sideways. You know, I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah, they blame you. That's my my best advice is tell everyone don't give financial advice because you're gonna lose your friends or get get uh, arrested or something. Right, right. That's good advice is not to give advice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's great being on here. Thank you again for having me. I'm very humbled by everyone, uh, you know, uh, asking me and making me like uh, this, uh, like I know a lot of stuff. But uh, I just uh, tried hard. It fell on my face many times, and here I am. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. 
This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.